There's another side to good health, and that's good mental health. hanging out with us here this morning excited man good to be in. is this the studio setup or are you just in the in the home office right now well the home office doubles as the as the studio i'll give you guys a little quick tour real quick that's where all the sneakers are Dude, this is all stuff that like brands have sent me that i haven't unboxed yet jeez i just built a new kind of this is gonna be like my living room style set that i'm gonna have in I here i like that a lot where i can just kind of sit there and have like a, a different look. We like love a couch. I'm working, basically. Yeah. We love a couch. Yeah. Here. yeah. <laughs> if you are to pull one box of shoes off of that library behind you to wear that gives you power, what is that box of shoes that makes you feel the, the most you, maybe? It would probably be there's a, there's an old beat. Hold on, I'll grab them. There's an old beat up here of Cement Jordan 3s. And I, I post these on my Instagram every once in a while. Um, because they're so beat up, but it would be, it would be these, uh, oh, classics, black cement, Jordan three. Um, this is from like the 2010, uh, 2011, I think release. And like the tab at the back is broken. They're very worn in. They're actually starting to fall apart here. I mean, that, that tells us that you wear your shoes, which is amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm a huge advocate of wear your Jordans, wear your Jordans. Man. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. There's no reason to have them unless you're going to wear them. I think we would all agree that sneakers tell stories. So if you can rewind the tape with us, take us back to the first moment where you saw a shoe and it like completely opened your world and changed your life. Gosh, that's a great question because there's actually there's actually a couple of them. I know the Air Jordan 4 was a big one for me. Not that I could own it, but I remember... Uh, basketball is my first love. Let me just say that basketball is, is like my first love. It's mm. the it's the thing that um, I think that I'll love for the rest of my life, uh, regardless of what happens. And um, the older kids in my neighborhood they used to play all the time, and me and my cousins, we would go down to the local court and just watch all these older guys play basketball. And um, there was this one guy that you know, you know, when you're young like the older kids are almost like superheroes to you. Um, they're like they're dunking the ball. They're shooting these threes from way out, like all of these things. So they're like, like superheroes. And so there was this one, one, uh, one of the older kids, Mark, um, he was just like superhero status to us. And um, he had the Air Jordan fours mm-hmm. and, you know, it was one of those things where we were like, oh, we got to get those shoes and we can, we can play like Mark if we get those shoes. <laughs> so that's one of the first I would say. And then the second would be the Air Max 95. Um, yes. I remember I remember specifically seeing them on the the wall at a store when I was walking by. And like that that was the first time I think a shoe has has stopped me kind of in my tracks. Um, that I that I recall. Like I was walking by the store and like I just saw them out the corner of my eye and I was like, oh my gosh, what is that? And like it pulled me back into the store to go find out like what exactly that shoe was. Um, and so that was the Air Max 95. And I don't there there's been very I can't I can't honestly think of another time where a shoe just kind of just like stopped me in, in my tracks that way. Uh, where I was like, oh my God, what is this? Like it was almost like a work of art sitting on the wall in a sneaker store and it just literally mm-hmm. stopped me. I mean, and then there's others obviously I love like I love the Air Jordan 11. I love Chuck Taylor's, uh, you know, I, I love shell toes. Like there's a bunch of stuff that I just love, but those two specifically, I think, um, and probably, and probably Chuck Taylor's too, just because I wanted to be a musician when I was younger. And, you know, I'll, I feel like always like the cool musicians had on Chuck Taylor's, like they would do it on the red carpet. They would do it on stage. And it was like, you had like to be a cool musician, you had to wear Chuck Taylor's kind of thing. Um, so I would say those three pro- shoes are probably like the, the staples of shoes that I remember for like moments in my childhood growing up. I mean, all three of those shoes are iconic. Like you mentioned the what's funny to, to tie it into golf is um, I think it was in 2020, they released so many Jordan fours as golf shoes. I think it was like every major that year, there was another Mm -hmm. version there was like the the miami dolphin sort of colorway there was like the the grape colorway that they did in golf i don't Mm. know that they've done 
Air Max 95s in golf. I know they've done the 90s and 97s, I think. But we've yeah. talked a lot about making like we we've I think the three of us have talked about making Chuck Taylor golf shoes because that would be so cool. That's interesting. Yeah. As somebody who lives in both worlds, you're so very clearly steeped in sneaker culture and you also are a golfer. And, and I'm curious to hear your take on how sneaker culture in the last few years has sort of metastasized into golf. How does that sit with you as somebody who's like a, a sneaker person? For me, it's amazing. So in 2013 is when I started a relationship with Nike Golf. And I remember even back then, I was pushing them like, yo, you got to do like cool street kind of things with golf. It's cool to do like the, the regular stuff. I get it. But like, let's let's engage this culture. I think they would I think they would love the sport. I love the sport. And I'm from that cloth. Like, let's like do that. And so like I was I pushed so, so much. And for me, it's exciting to kind of finally see the the fruits of that labor really starting to happen. Like the with with the Jordan stuff and like some of the some of the, the apparel stuff that we're starting to see now. You have guys like Trap Golf and like mm-hmm. the East Side Boy, like all the East Side Golf, like all of that stuff is really starting to really come together to from a perspective of sneakers that are like entering into the world of golf. So I just think like the sneaker hip hop world in, in in golf is such a huge thing for me, and I am all for it. Um, not not, and I, I don't tell that story to say that I'm the reason why it's happening, but I just know that I was pushing for it just because I knew that there was. I had an appetite for it, so I knew that others have an, would have an appetite for it as well. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, the sneaker culture has obviously boomed in the past five to seven years, um, where it's, yeah. it's you know it's hard hard to get sneakers, uh, hard to get some of the the grails and the and the rare versions of of shoes, whether it's Union Jordans or Virgil or Virgil Virgil Nikes. Um, we I think we've kind of hit a a critical mass with sneaker culture uh, for yeah. the, 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 the masses. But um, I do think it's, it's really cool that um, people, older people like, you know, like uh, three of us and then, you know, to, to older millennials and Gen Xers that, that actually grew up watching Michael Jordan play basketball. It, it's almost like a nostalgic feeling to, to see yeah. a pair of Concords as a golf shoe or, see the taxi 12s as a golf shoe that's just um mm-hmm. it's it, it's different than just a um like a, a commodity um and it's it's really it speaks to us in a different way so like for myself like i love sneakers i don't i don't typically wear like the jordans or nikes on the golf course just because i like i don't know, i feel like a traditionalist where i like to see like a, a crispy pair of white foot joys on on the course but i love what it does for the culture and that it um you know, it can bring other people into the game that might not have seen themselves playing golf before because they're yeah. like, I, I would never wear a pair of white foot joys. You know, they're they're like, I would rather wear Air Maxes or, or Jordans. So um, it's for me, yeah. it's been really cool to see uh, new faces on the golf course because of maybe the, the clothing and the and the fashion side. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest that's kind of like the feedback that I, I generally get on uh, on like Twitter when these releases come out. So um, most people in the sneaker world know that I'm that I'm super into golf. So if they see something that has some sort of golf slant that's tied to Jordan, Nike, or Adidas, like they usually hit me up or send me a message on on Twitter or whatever. But you'll see like when these releases come up and on those release days or when the shoe gets first revealed, you'll see a lot of conversations of guys being like, "Man, I might have to start playing golf." Like I might like when they see these see these shoes and like I think that is so cool that it's bringing a different set of people into the game and and looking at the game in a different way and realizing that they can be themselves on the golf course. I think a lot of people have an assumption of what golf looks like um, and what it it, it has to look like in order for you to play with, you know, I'm preaching to the choir here, but, you know, to see that sort of conversation happening, it's almost like, like the seeds are being planted. Like soon we'll see, we'll see them out on the course. And that's, that's really exciting. I totally agree with you. Like for for so many reasons, I'm also someone that gets excited when I see somebody enter the game through the the sneaker portal. You know, uh, guys that w- like would have never considered golf as an option. Like, oh, you got them concords? Oh, bro, we about to pull up. Yeah. I'm about Tiger Woods on them motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
that's you know exactly who I'm talking about. And yeah. it yeah. is it is beautiful to see, man. And uh, I mean, even recently, just in our own personal lives, Jock, you and I have spent some time on the golf course together, and um, I can't even tell you how much joy it gives me just to be around us, you know, yeah. on the course. Yeah. And and just just to fellowship in that way like we're not necessarily talking about work we're not necessarily talking about like sneakers uh you know it's just having commonality is so important yeah and i'm curious as you you know you're you're growing also in the golf space like you Mm -hmm. came from the sneaker side the the menswear the fashion side but now you know golf is is it's like your your baby your muse right now yeah um yeah yeah for sure what are you finding community wise? Like what, what excites you out there? Uh, you know, coming from the sneaker world, I know you mentioned, you know, brands like trap golf and Eastside and things like that, but what else uh, about the golf community is so special to you? I think one of the biggest realizations I have about the golf community um, now is really how open they are. Like everyone, like everyone in the golf community has been like really welcoming to me, which I, I didn't know how, that was going to go, uh, especially coming from an outsider. Like I haven't, like I didn't grow up playing golf. Golf hasn't always been a part of my life. Like I just started playing in, you know, the 2012, 2013 is when I started really picking up the game. And then as far as making it a part of my world, as far as like the work side of it, like that's been like maybe like the last three years. Um, and just everyone has been like fantastic. Like everyone is super welcoming. Everyone is super nice. I'm realizing a lot more people play golf than I knew played golf. It's weird. It's almost like golf is a secret for some people. <laughs> like you just don't realize how many people actually play. Not a lot of people talk about it, but also I'm seeing, and you know, maybe this is the benefit of just like the partners that I'm working with is that how open they are to, to change and that they see that they need to make that change. It's it's cool that I've been enabled to be a bit of a catalyst for that change, get them to start thinking differently about how they market the game and how they look at the game mm. and how they push the game out to their audiences, which is not something that I necessarily expected, but it's really exciting. And I, I think there's so much more that can be done and so many more stories to be told about golf that I think are really, really exciting and I think will help other people that necessar- that see golf as this old thing or um, this country club thing will be able to see it in a different light and and enjoy it as another part of their own lives. One one example of maybe how this fits into your life is I saw that you got to play the old course ahead of the Open this year, which is a rarefied opportunity if there ever was one. Can you paint us a picture about yeah how that happened, why that happened, how it felt? What sort of thoughts and emotions were running through your head as you were walking on those grounds? It was really a a whirlwind kind of experience that happened at the last minute. Someone that I used to work with in the sneaker world, they they, they now work at Boss. And Boss was one of the sponsors for the Open this year. And so they had like a media day at at the old course because that's that's where the Open was. So it was like, oh, okay, cool. And they reached out to me. And originally they were like, hey, do you know any golf influencers that are in the UK? And I was like, oh, I don't know anybody, but I watch a bunch of people that are there and that do content there. So here's a list of people that I think you guys should be working with to bring them out for the event. Then probably two weeks before the event, they reached out to me and was like, hey, did you do you want to come? And of course I was like, yes, there's no, like, no question. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, what do you, what do you need? Do you need blood? Like what? I don't know what you, what do you, what do you ask me for? Do you need money? I'm just, yeah. just, just, just lay it all out on the table now. So I know. And then, and then the travel there was a mess because of the pandemic. I had renewed my, my passport during the pandemic. Uh, and so I still had my old passport, which had expired. Um, so when I left to go to the airport, uh, I brought the old expired passport. Um, oh, yes, no. exactly. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. So they let me get on the plane because I had a layover in New York. So I went to New York. And while I was in New York, um, I had my wife FedEx overnight my actual passport um, to me next day. Um, and so apparently, and I didn't know this, FedEx has this like custom service where they 
basically I had to buy a plane ticket for my passport um, to get to New York, to New York city. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so, they, it's so wild. yeah. Yeah. So I, I bought that showed up the next day later that night, 10 o'clock I flew to Scotland. I landed at around 1030. My round was at one. Oh my God. So we got there literally changed and went right to the course, played the round. Played the, played literally played the best round of my life. I've never played golf that well ever in my life. I, I, sh- I shot I shot I shot an eighty five, like the best score I've ever shot in my life. It's probably because you couldn't think straight, just delirious. Right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just 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 delirious. Like I didn't even have time to really even change clothes. Like I had I had like my hoodie on from from the airplane because I always wear a hoodie on the plane because it's because it's typically cold on the plane, so I always wear a hoodie. So like I didn't even really have a chance to even change clothes. I just put on my golf shoes. I had on I had on sweatpants. I put on my uh, Jordan Four golf shoes, and like I just left the hoodie on that I had, and I played the round in basically what I had on, and um, ended up leaving the next day at ten a.m. So I was I was only in Scotland for a matter of I think I think when we we did it, all, it was like twenty six hours as well as like the time that I was actually on the ground. Um, I was supposed to be there for three days, but because of the passport thing, it just jacked everything up. So I was there for 26 hours, but it was amazing. Uh, an amazing experience. Um, like you, you just try to, I honestly wish I had more time to soak it in, but everything was so rushed that it was just like, kind of like a whirlwind. We had the, the best caddies in the world. They were talking so much trash to us, which was, <laughs> which, which made it, which made it so much more fun. And then just just seeing just being there and seeing everything like that look at you know one in eighteen with the uh, the hotel and then there's like the uh, and on the left there is like a mini clubhouse that has like all the history of St Andrews. It's the little museum that they have, like the little museum thing, yeah, right there on the side. The grandstands were up, so like those were down the left side. So just like to see all of like the majesty and all of the things that go on there and then think about the history. And then of course, obviously the bridge and like you see the bridge when you're going to the tee box, I mean, to the, to the green on hole number one. So like you have to walk past, like you can't go on it, but you have to like walk past it when you're on the way to hole number one. And it's it's like, you're thinking about that, like the whole time, If, if, if everything else wasn't enough, you're thinking like, eventually I'm going to walk across the bridge and like you get a, you get to see it as you start, as you start your round. So yeah, it was, it's, it was an amazing experience. I, I kind of want to go back just to have the regular experience and just like be able to spend time and really like chill out. Um, but one thing that was super weird about it is so in Scotland, you can't really have private land. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's what it is. And so the course is technically a public course. Yeah. So there's just people walking around. Like there's just people literally walking on the course. They're out doing their morning, their morning walk. Like, you know, the old people that go out and do their morning walks when they take the dog out, like there's people just randomly walking on the course and you never really park. see that on TV. So, right. yeah. So it was like, what is like, what, what? How are these people here? Like, wait a minute, this is this is hallowed ground. What are they doing? Like, they're just doing a workout here. <laughs> you know, Americans privatized golf. The, it was it wasn't the Scots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, that was the one thing. That was the one thing that I was, I was kind of shocked by how like just random people from the town were just walking around on the course, and it was like, oh, all right, cool. I was pleased to know that you flew in sweatpants because. I'm um, <laughs> especially especially international. Uh, if I if I see you in shorts or your your toes are out, you fly an international. Ooh, you we nasty! Will, we will have words. <laughs> yeah, that's, we don't want to see your dogs on, on on the plane. No, at not all, those dogs anyway. Keep them keep them wrapped up. <laughs> were there any smells or scents that you picked up when you were at St. Andrews that? were memorable. No, I can't say smells or scents in particular, but I can say the um like even before I got to St. Andrews in the car from the airport, like it's so like open and mat- it's like farmland basically. Um which I just I guess I just didn't ex- expect that. 
Um, and so there's like all of these like rolling hills with like beautiful green grass. And like, I, I, I got, we got lucky that day. It was a nice, beautiful day. Like we didn't have any of the wind or any of those kind of things. And it was, it was more of just like how beautiful the land was um, before I even got to the course. Like that was like, I was like with my phone out of the side of the car with my phone pressed up against the window, just like getting like images of the landscape just because it was just so beautiful. Like, I would say that, that probably more than like the sights and I mean the sounds and smells, it was like the views that of just driving up to the course. When you do roll up and, and play golf, Jacques, what's your parking lot ritual? What's, how do you arrive to the golf course? How do you like to center yourself when you get to a golf course? So I'm trying to learn Spanish. So all of my mm-hmm. car rides are, uh, me in the car learning Spanish. So I usually, I love that. That's such a, that's such a sweet image. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and so I, I get to the course and I probably, I probably sit in the car for like another five minutes, just going over what I learned on the, on the car ride, trying to make sure I have that locked in. And then I get out. I usually have on slides or, um, our clogs, clubs in the trunk, clubs out. My shoes are, I have like three options of shoes in the trunk. So I have a pair of TW13s, I have a pair of Jordan 1s, and then I have a Jordan 4s. So it kind of just kind of depends on what I have on or how I'm feeling. Uh, go through my gloves. I have a, I don't, I don't know why I keep them, but I have probably like five gloves that I should, should have thrown away a long time ago. Of course. And they're just in my bag. <laughs> and they're just they're just in my bag and so they just I, in I, there like I, I, yeah <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah so Mummif- i, I spend, mummified release me yeah, yeah. yes let, let me go it's time to let me go uh they're being held hostage for no reason at all uh, and so i usually go through those to find find the find a good one then it's on to the course you know try to switch my mind over from everything else and and focus on okay what are we going to fix today what's our safe word so we don't cuss today like, <laughs> what are we going to do golf has frustrated me so much for so long so i just started taking lessons like a year and a half ago as someone that you know i, I took to to basketball pretty easy like I ended up playing volleyball in college, just, I mean, in, in high school, literally just because the coach was like, hey, you you two jump high. You guys want to play volleyball? We were like, sure, yeah, yeah, we'll do it. And, you know, I just went and started playing volleyball. And it wasn't like this, there wasn't this big transition. But for golf, there's been this huge transition where I just don't, it's just not clicking with me the way that I, that I wanted to, especially from my past. Yeah, like my past athletic adventures have i've been able to kind of like all right if i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it all right if i'm gonna do it i'm gonna really do it and then i just get it like i started running um i decided one you know new year's eve i was like you know what next year i'm gonna run a marathon and you know the next year i ran a marathon and you know it was like all right i did it but like mm-hmm. with golf it's not there there is no like hey, new year's eve you know what i'm gonna shoot out the party this year no the golf doesn't work that way and that's I've super frustrating way this year <laughs> you can't just be like i'm gonna break par this year and then not do it <laughs> yeah yeah so that's that's been super frustrating for me and um it's the reason i have a safe word um and so i i, I try to make sure i maximize my time on the course so that uh, I'm, I'm as prepared as possible so you weren't joking about the safe word thing so like what what is that yeah. what, what's the explain that a bit Nothing makes me cuss like golf. I feel like I'm pretty mild-mannered. You know, I mess around, I joke around. But on the golf course, like, I cuss like a sailor. And so uh, I started to notice how bad I was getting. And so I was like, all right, you have to fight. You can't just be out here. Eminefer, mother, son of a blankety blank, whatchamacallit. Like, I just can't. Like, like. <laughs> I was like, you can't do that. And so I was like, you got to find something else to say. And so I try to find something else to use instead of using a cuss word uh, while I'm walking up to pay for my pay for my round. Usually, usually I forget it by about the second or third hole, and I just start <laughs> cussing again. But I'm I'm making a concerted effort to to not cuss as much on the golf course because it's it's the one place where I mean I'm. You think I murdered somebody the way I talk to myself in the course and the way I get as frustrated as I get. Yeah, we we talk a lot about self-talk on the golf course and how seeing other people 
talk to themselves the way that they do on the golf course. We become sort of like tape recorders or or tape playback mm. machines of belittling ourselves for missing a shot that was an honest mistake. And something we've recently started talking about a lot is playing compassionate golf, um, of accepting the mistakes that you make on the golf course, giving yourself a degree of freedom, saying, it's okay that I made this mistake. Forgiveness is, is huge on the golf course. To carry on that thread, what is something that golf has taught you about yourself that maybe you didn't know before starting? It's helped me, I guess, realize how much I love the outdoors, oddly enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, basketball is usually in a gym kind of thing. You know, you go running and it's usually like a set route. But golf, like it's, it's taken me to all of these other places. And it's like, wow, like I really like being outside and like out in like and literally in the in the in the woods in a sense kind of thing with golf, you know, like you're literally like in the woods for the most part. I don't. So I think it's it's taught me that it has taught me to be more patient as much as I as I do cuss. Lately, it's been happening after the second mistake, if that makes sense. Mm. So I've been I've been like kind of what you were saying. I've been able to give myself grace on that first mistake. So hit it, goes off to the side. Okay, bad shot. Now you just have to fix it. Like it's it's not like everybody hits a bad shot. Now you got to fix it. But when I don't fix it, that's when the cuss words come out. So I've gotten, I've gotten, the, I've gotten as far as giving myself a little bit of grace, but I haven't gotten as far as really uh, complete grace. So, uh, and I guess in that sense, it's, it's taught me to be a little more, a little more patient. Mm-hmm. Um, it's taught me to kind of find the, helping me find like the creativity in things, um, especially with like how you can hit a shot and how you can spin it and all of those things. And really thinking about all the options you really do have with every shot that you take. Um, I, I was, I was working on a, on a video project and for some reason, like golf was kind of on my mind and I was just trying to, I was like, I always do this this way. And if it's 50 yards out, I always grab my 56 every single time. Always, 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 always. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? Let's achieve the same goal, but just do it a different way. It's like, it's mm-hmm. almost like, you know, grabbing your 60 or like, you know what? I'm going to take a, a pitch and, you know, and just and hit it a little, hit a little stinger or something like that. So it was mm-hmm. like, I didn't, re- I didn't put the two together, but kind of, you know, but when you think about it, it's like you, you have all of these options with everything that you do. It doesn't always have to be the exact same quote unquote shot that you're taking. Um, so I think that that is it. It gives you, I mean, I can go on, like it gives you, you know, you realize you're not in full control of everything. Um, you can hit the ball, you can, you can hit the ball the best you've ever hit it. And it ends up in a divot. Like you have no control over that, or yeah. it could end up in, a, in, you know, the ground could be soft or you can hit a putt right down the line. But if the greens aren't real manicured, you might hit a bump or if someone that hasn't picked up their divot, you might hit a divot and it goes the other way. Or you might not even see that it, it tracks down a little bit near the hole. And so it, you know, trails off to the right at the very last minute. And like you think about, you know, in life, you think you can get so far and feel like, okay, this is going to happen. And then something doesn't happen, especially being in the entertainment business. Mm-hmm. Like you hear people to, oh, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And you feel like you're at the line. And when you're at the line, it's like, oh, it's not going to work out or something changed or somebody got busy or they can't do this. So I think you, you just see like golf is, one of the few sports where you can really, it parallels to life in so many different ways and so many different life lessons in the game. So, I mean, it's just kind of hard to narrow down just one because there's so many. This podcast is sponsored by Anchor. A better way to pod. I love Anchor so much. Um, It was cool that I was able to tap into Anchor while we were recording to find out all the countries that listen to group golf therapy. That was a dope feature. That was an educational experience for all of us, not just our listeners. I learned 13 new countries that I'd never heard of. Anchor is the platform we're recording this podcast on right now. So if you're out there and you're like, hmm, I should start a podcast, look no further than Anchor. It's cheap as hell. It's free. It's free. It's, it's that cheap. It's completely free to use. It's you, free 99. It distributes your podcast on all platforms. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, Anchor will get it there for you. The three of us throw around a term very often, parking lot Wi-Fi. When one of us is stuck in a parking lot trying to record a podcast because 
we're three different people with very different schedules. Anchor allows you to record a podcast from your phone, so Wi-Fi is not actually an issue. So you can have parking lot cell service and still record a podcast. Unless you're on a Nextel, then I don't know what you're doing, and you probably can't get Riverside or Anchor on that. So if you download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm, you can get started today for free. Mind your pods. Back to sneakers a bit. If you could have Nike, Adidas, and let's also say Jordan release one silhouette as a golf shoe, Ooh. what would you what would you have each of those brands release? Oh, that's a great question. For Nike, I think it would be kind of funny to release a Charles Barkley silhouette as a golf shoe. Dog, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I don't know why, I don't he, know why he, he has it to my that. head. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, like He's a big golfer. the CB34. Yeah, a CB34 is a golf shoe. <laughs> like that, that would just be hilarious to me. Um, and it might be a good golf shoe too. I don't know. For Jordan, I think they've got Jordan has gotten has hit all the ones that I would that I would want as a golf shoe. So like the one, the four, the eleven. Those are the ones that I uh, I want to see as a golf. They used to do the thirteen a lot more. And I think those mm. actually came out really nice. Like the 13 low, those came out mm. really nice. Um, yeah. They haven't done those in a while. So those came out really good. So I would say I would say Jordan's probably covered. As far as Adidas goes, I think you have to go at this point with like a Yeezy, like a Yeezy golf shoe just just for Whoa. like the high piece side of it just uh maybe maybe like the uh the, i think it's the f- the 500 or something like that the dad shoe looking one mm-hmm. uh the 500 i think it is i think like that, that one's like become the overwhelming favorite in in recent years yeah and that yeah, would definitely like to see get... that as a golf shoe i don't know why adidas doesn't lean more into their to their archives for golf shoes like they do a stan smith every once in a while they'll do a shell to every El toe every once in a while they just released Sambas this week. Oh, Sambas. Yeah, there you go. Which are like, I don't feel like they lean into it the way that Jordan. Sick. Are they really? I haven't seen them yet. I have to look them up. Yeah, I just don't feel like they lean into their archives the same way that that Nike does with Jordan or Nike does with like Nike Sportswear. Like Adidas has been very, I don't know, they feel like, like they're almost scared to get fully in the water with it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They're just like, they're just like dipping their toes in. It's like, oh, we'll do a little bit of this. Oh, we'll do a little bit of that. Do a yeah. little bit of this. But we're not going to really like do it, do it. And Jordan, obviously, they they like they went all in. I think the problem with Adidas is their athletes don't wear the non golf shoes on the course. Whereas Nike, you got Tony wearing the 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 lows. You got um, you know like Nelly and and other people like actually out playing in, in the, the golf shoes. Point. And for Adidas, you have I don't know like Colin Morikawa, Xander. And those guys are just wearing like the tour, whatever, with the boost shoes, the which are nice. They're nice and, shoes, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, the code cast. But you don't see those guys out here wearing, you don't see those guys wearing the Sambas or the, uh, or the Stan Smiths on the course. So I think that's where they're losing it. Like they, they're clearly cool shoes and they're iconic. They're just not being marketed very well. Yeah. I, I, and I don't, I wonder, I don't know why that is. Is it, they just don't believe in, I mean, it, even off the course, you don't even really see any of those guys wearing like cool Adidas stuff off the course. No, which is which is a whole different conversation. It's like, yo, you guys have access to all of these cool things, and they're not even wearing them off the course. So I, I imagine that's a disconnect between Adidas Golf and Adidas the like the the brand. Mm-hmm. But someone someone over there needs to make that connection between the two. I know Tony. Tony was there for a little while and he was trying to make that connection. Um, but he ended up leaving the company, but somebody there needs to make that like, yeah, just make the connection between the two brands. Like show me one of these guys off the course wearing a pair of ultra boost or wear like a, a dope collab or like a, one of these collabs that they do with one of these sneaker shops, like mm-hmm. have them walking up to the, to the clubhouse wearing one of those or, Mm-hmm. Even if they're not wearing them on course, just like give them some cool Adidas stuff to wear yeah. out in public so the public can see that they're fully invested in the brand. I don't know if that's Adidas not believing in the golf side just because they think of golf in a certain way or if it's golf being like protective of like, no, this is what golf is for us. We don't want to do dip our toes in that, whatever. Mm-hmm. Either way, 
I think it needs to happen because they, they have an entire archive of really dope silhouettes that they could use to really mm-hmm. change the perspective of golf from, from an Adidas, from an Adidas perspective. So I hope I, they do it. it would I be totally cool. agree, man. And, you know, yeah. Adidas has done really well to, um, to venture just outside of sportswear, you know, like they're, they're really like cemented in the fashion space as well. So there's so many opportunities. Yeah. I mean, we talk about golf and fashion, like, and, and, and lack thereof, but like, there's so many opportunities to like, really like put some fits on some golfers, man. Like it would turn yeah. heads for sure. But one thing I want to say about the shoes, like, Obviously, Nike's done a, a good job of, like you said, dipping into the archive and pulling out their silhouettes. But Adidas, in my opinion, their shoes are way more comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and I have narrow ass feet and bad toes because I play soccer for years. So my, my gams are very sensitive and they, they appreciate <laughs> the Adidas. <laughs> Speaking of the archives, my, my million dollar question and idea, why Nike, going, going back to Nike, Nike has the GOAT. They have Tiger Woods. They have all of his archival fits, his shoes. Why have they not dipped back into that? Like the 90s is back, are back as like a nostalgia thing. All of my favorite golf shoes growing up were Tiger Woods, Nike. It's how, how have they not brought those back? It's, it's time. I literally had a conversation with, with Gentry about Gentry Humphrey, who used to work for Jordan Brand and worked for Nike Golf. I literally had a conversation with him about that same thing. Like Tiger is at a point in his career where we sh- they should be retroing things. They Everything. did. 100%. They retroed, um, I think they retroed his hat with the old um, Yin and Yang logo. Mm. They um, even brought the right. polos back for a short time too. I did like the, 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 the red, polos the red back. and black, yeah. Yeah, so they they they've been kind of doing it, but like I think they should. My opinion on that also is that Tiger isn't the most fashionable person, um, and so it's probably hard to are they are they don't think that they can invigorate an audience with someone that isn't necessarily stylish, and and Tiger isn't that isn't that guy uh, for the most part. I mean, we see him roll up to. Go off golf tournaments and <laughs> cut off cut off tees the, the, dr- <laughs> the, the dry fit and the backwards hat <laughs> you know what i mean the ken griffey he looks ken like griffey every t- he he look yeah he looks like every yes. midwestern dad on the weekend yes <laughs> just absolutely. shorts shorts and a cut off uh dry fit <laughs> yeah so like I, that may be that may be part of it is they just don't think it's going to connect with the audience. But I think that's just, they just have to open, um, widen the lens a little bit. Yeah. Um, provide some slightly different cuts. I think people will go crazy for like some archive tiger footage cut in a modern way. Yes. Um, people would go go insane. Even now, like they and they like I think there was an opportunity. Uh, it, might, it might be too late now, but we we talk about this with a couple of my buddies of like doing collabs across the categories like tiger and lebron have the same birthday yeah it's like why hasn't something happened with these guys why hasn't there been some kind of tiger king collab sneaker or two sneaker pack or something like that you know what i mean tiger and the the lion (laughs) yeah the tiger and lion like this this should have happened a long a long time ago And, and now it's like is it too late now? Is it, you know? Or, yeah. Yeah. So they, I think they've, they've, they've missed it there. And, and I don't know if that, maybe that's from Tiger's side. Maybe Tiger's like, no, I just want to be about golf and that's it. Um, or yeah. maybe they don't see the synergy between the two and they don't understand it over at the brand. But I just think there's, there's an opportunity there to, to, to spread the, to spread the love. Yeah. But you bring up a good point about Tiger not being the most fashionable person. And I think you can extend that by saying, nobody on the men's side of golf is fashionable and and like that's kind of the issue is that you know in basketball you have tunnel culture in in football you have a degree of tunnel culture you have the the post game outfits the press conference league, outfits all that fits. sort of thing <laughs> league fits and yeah in golf like the 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 golfers show up to the course in their in their scrubs in their in their job uniform the golf and because because there's no tunnel culture in golf there's no walk-up culture in golf you just miss every single part of their fashion sensibility of what they would wear if they weren't if they didn't get paid to play golf on the golf course i would love to see more of that culture get get woven into golf to see 
how they would style themselves if they were walking up to the golf course. I agree with that 100%. Even even on the course, I feel like they like okay, you're going to have to tuck in your shirt, cool, you're going to have to wear long pants, cool. How do you make that how do you style that in a way that's different? Mm-hmm. Like we saw a little bit like like I was I like everybody else. Like we were all so excited about Ricky when he came in because <laughs> he was just a little bit different in the way that he dressed. It's like, finally, Ricky, Ricky's going to make golf cool. Um, but it's almost like that, Oops. that kind of went away too. <laughs> it's like, we kind of lost that. We kind of yeah. lost that energy G there too. So it's like, I, I think people are great are like are hungry for it because I mean, you, you could see like Ricky was a perfect example. Everybody was excited about how Ricky was dressing and where, you know, his hat, like how he wore his hat. You know, Flat it was a big story when Rory <laughs> wore a hoodie. Like, you know what I mean? Like those mm-hmm. are like, there's, there's a hunger for it. It's just, we have to, no one's, I think no one's been able to, to step out there and, and really, really show it, I guess. And we need, we need someone at the top to really step out and do it. Yeah, um, exactly. But I think golfers are so wor- worried about their, yeah. Yeah. Golfers are so worried about their image. And so are the brands, and I and I think the it takes a brand pairing with a player to be able to push through the discomfort of pissing off a few old white people that that they don't meet the dress code standards. It's going to take moving through yeah. that discomfort to to actually shift things. Yeah, and it's going to have to be somebody that wins. That's part of it too. Like, yeah, yeah. It, like you can't have somebody dress Winning cool. Winning cures everything. But then they're stink. Yeah, and they stink up the course. Yeah. Like they they've at least got to be in contention a lot of the times because yeah. one that's the only way they're going to get TV time, and and two yeah. like people aren't going to people are going to use that as an excuse to why they're not winning, um, because that's just how shallow people are. Yeah, I it's I think it's sad that in like the golf golf community, the capital G golf, the the guys that do try to go outside of the 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 norms, they get clowned. Like we've had, we had uh, Eric Van Royen on and he's like, yeah, everyone's like, they call me like, you know, joggers, like, Hey, nice joggers. It's like, really? Like I, that's, that's, that's the definitive thing that you're going to say to him. Or um, like when Anthony Kim was good, you know, he had the big belt buckle. Like that was his thing. Ricky had the the orange fits. Um, If you go back a few years before that, uh, guys like Jesper Parnovic wore, you know, tighter fitting Jay Lindbergh back when it first popped on the golf scene so it's like anyone that tries something a little different they just get ostracized from the golf community uh obviously some people appreciate what they're doing but i think there's such a stranglehold of like the khakis pleated khakis and well now it's like everything is dry fit performance but um yeah i mean it, it has to be one of the top players they have to have an interest in in fashion and style to 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 say I, I I don't need that check from you Adidas. I would rather just do my own thing, and not have to wear these performance p- polos and pants that are ill fitting and and yeah and uh, yeah. Can we can we and fantasize? There, and there's room for that. I was gonna say there's room for that too. Like I don't want to say no one should wear the performance stuff, um, and and no one should wear the the white belt buckle or whatever it is in the plastic in the cleated cleated pants like that's cool wear that but it also should be acceptable to wear joggers there's no there's there's no reason people shouldn't be able to wear joggers and still be in contention in a golf course on the pga tour like there's there's absolutely no reason at all however Mm -hmm. joggers and fajoy classics are criminal um (laughs) jt jt back off (laughs) yeah please stop um can we fantasize just for a minute about like who that top person would be, who they're, who they're sponsored by and the possibilities. Like for some reason, um, Tommy Fleetwood came to mind. Mm. Like he's a Nike guy. (laughs) He's got that. He's got the flow though. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like we, we might could do something with that. And, and Nike uh, is, you know, his, his title sponsor and, um, I just think there are so many possibilities with with what they could do with him because, yeah. like, I, I'm not I'm not gonna go out there and say like, you know, he's in contention every week, but he's not not he's not not a, a uh, on the fringe of household name, you know, he's like yeah. just yeah. he's right there. He he 
like because of his hair, he's a recognizable person on the golf course too. Yes. So, yes. Whereas most other people kind of look the same, you know. You're, right. You, you can always you can you you can pick Fairway Jesus out when he's out there. <laughs> yeah, Fairway Jesus, exactly. Fairway Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like, funny. Like, who are those like top like thirty guys? You know who who. Yeah, who have any clothes? I wish Shoffley would do Neiman. it. Yeah, Neiman, yeah. Neiman wears yeah. clothes well. Yeah, um, I wish Shoffley would do it. I wish yeah. he would do it. Really good one. Uh, I think I think Max Homa could be that guy. Max, yeah. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, Max, yeah. He's got good style. Here's what I'll say too. I, I think like Victor Hovland with Jay Lindbergh, they they they're close, but Jay Lindbergh, in my opinion, does the women's clothes way better than the men's clothes. Agreed. And if yeah. they could, if they could figure out a way to just just inch a little, just get a bit more edgy with the the men's clothes for for Victor, I think that could be big. Yeah, and maybe it's somebody like 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 Boss. I, I, boss, they they sponsor quite a few athletes. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying I, to think, I think yeah. they could like maybe Henry Stenson. Uh, yeah, Henry. Yeah, I think yeah, he's yeah, a just boss. Cut it. Just uh, if they cut stuff a little differently. Yeah. Um, I, I also think a lot of reason why golf stuff is cut the way that it is is because it's generally played by older men that don't have like tight bodies. You know what I mean? So <laughs> they, they, they're not they're not getting the extra me- they're not word. getting the extra mediums. Yeah, they're getting the, the yeah yeah. So they're, they're not yeah they're not going they're not going to show up in this medium with the guns out. You know what I mean? So they're right, trying to they're trying to keep it trying to keep it hidden. Yeah. Boxy classic. We all, we all don't we all don't have Rory McIlroy's body so. Right, right, (laughs) right. (laughs) Well, let's Um, let's hit some of our meat and potatoes. Yeah, Um, let's let's get it. Okay, Drew Drew alluded to this one earlier, but let's broaden it outside of Centenders. What are some of your favorite golf smells, Jacques? Um, freshly cut grass is always a nice a nice smell. Um, that that's that's always. I think that's probably the main one is just like the smell of the grass and freshly cut grass. Um, I typically play in the mornings and the, the, the cut grass is just something that always, I remember it from like my old neighborhood. Like you, you knew when like the gardeners were coming around everybody's house. Cause you could, I mean, obviously hear them, but you could, you could just like kind of smell the grass in the air. It's kind of like when it first starts to rain that smell of like the concrete from from like the rain when Mm. it first happens it's like those like i would say that's probably like my fate my favorite smell um and then hamburger and fries at the turn probably yeah yeah yeah. Mm. love it great response (laughs) so you go hamburger fries versus hot dog Yes, if they have a hamburger and fries, I'll 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 opt for the hamburger and fries. Okay, hot, dog, hot dogs is if I'm in if we're in a rush, I'll get a hot dog. But if we have time, I'll get hamburger and fries. Right, mm-hmm. swinging past mm-hmm. the halfway house, hit me with the glizzy. Yeah, like on the yeah, fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that's a, you're yeah. right. That if you're if you got a if you got a group on your ass, <laughs> you gotta give me the glizzy and, and keep yep. it going. Yeah. <laughs> Um, glizzy and a Gatorade. Glizzy and a Gatorade. Give me the. I, I need that Gatorade Frost. <laughs> the Richard Johnson. <laughs> Jock, you're you're rolling up to the first tee mm-hmm. at uh, let's let's say uh, let's say St Andrews. Say you go back, and you know it's they roll out the carpet for you. It's like it's your day, and uh, mm-hmm. they 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 call you to the first tee. What is the song that you mm-hmm. want playing through the speakers as you? hit that first tee shot this is such a hard question i saw this and i was like ah, this is such a difficult thing to, <laughs> thing to pick um so i mean there's so many directions you want to go um so on on one side um annie up just because mm. i love the energy of annie up yeah um but then um like there's also like a, a spiritual um, experience to golf, so like that go that takes me back to like my gospel roots. Mm. And like there's a song, there's a song called "He's Able." Um, mm. So like you kind of want that walking out, you know, kind of as a as a testament to to your faith and all of those things. So I, I don't have one in particular. Annie Up is probably like 
let's get this, let's, let's get this round going. Let's get out here and let's have some fun. Um, I, I, I definitely treat golf as, as having fun and having a good time. Um, I, I get serious in it just because I want to be better, but it's more of a, it's definitely more of a good time. So Andy up, I feel like would give me that, that energy mm. of, of y'all let's go have a good time. Let's go enjoy ourselves. Is, uh, like is that. he, Pump is he's camp. able, is that, uh, Ron Canoli? Oh gosh, I don't think it's Ron Cannoli. It's uh, is it Ron Cannoli? I don't know. I just know the song from um, hearing it all my life. I don't okay. even know who sings it. Yeah, yeah. like who, <laughs> who knows who originated it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Glee, Glee probably repeat. did it, right? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's funny. Um, <laughs> Jack, so so you know, you, you anti up was was blaring. You played the the round of your life. You won the you won the tournament. They're mm-hmm. they're bringing you back for your for your uh, to honor you as a as a past champion. You get to pick mm-hmm. the spread for the for the meal. What's your what's your your master's dinner? What's your championship dinner? Um, and it can be from anything anywhere, home cooking, whatever you like. Gosh, um, so there's a there's a fa- so I, I guess the 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 normal answer would be. Um, like almost like a Thanksgiving dinner just because that's like when my, my family gets together. So, you know, the collard greens, the mac and cheese, the, the sweet potatoes, the green beans, like that, that whole, that whole spread. But there's a, like I, as a kid, I have these memories of going to my aunt and uncle's house on Christmas for breakfast. And my uncle would make these, bacon and egg biscuits with like these sweet potato biscuits um, and orange juice. And for like every year, like I always think about that around Christmas time. Mm. Um, And so I would probably have my uncle come in and make that breakfast for everybody. Um, Sweet potato biscuits. I've never heard of a sweet potato biscuit before. That's insane. That sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really good. Um, so, yeah, my uncle would always make this these mm. breakfasts. I remember we had sweet potato biscuits one year. Um, usually he makes it with regular biscuits, but we had sweet potato biscuits, and it's like just like eggs and bacon or, or ham, and you know you get a side of grits and some orange juice, and it's just it's just this thing that always lived with me, and something that I've always that I always think about even to this day. Um, he doesn't do it as often anymore. He did it during the pandemic and even though we couldn't get together he like drove around to everybody's house and brought mm. them like like brought them the breakfast so that's like kind of like the one thing that i that i think that i would that i would want everybody to experience but my uncle would have to to make yeah. it though like it would mm-hmm. have to be like my uncle preparing it for everybody Dog, um, my mouth is watering. just like having i'm starving man it. yeah it's lunchtime yeah. Here. no it's not the it's not the best not the best meal but or like the most lavish thing but it's just something that I always remember. Doesn't have nah, to be. Nah, pull up. The kitchen is yours. Yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah, the point of the yeah. question, man. We we want to know what yeah, you it's like, want. It's like, yeah, those are the like those are the things that like always that I always remember. Um, and if I had to throw one more out there, it would be um, just like a crab boil. Um, I lived in Texas yes. for a little while, and and my family they would just go buy all these crabs and they would just throw them all into the pot and just steam them. And we would put newspaper out on the porch and just sit out on the porch and just like eat crab, like with your hands and just like dirty, like just cracking full crabs open, you know, mm. cracking it with your mouth, not even using the crab thing and just eating there. So just to see all of these like fancy pro <laughs> golfer guys, like sitting on newspaper eating just eating crab with their hands i think would be quite an experience (laughs) it's funny that's been such a theme of these responses is breaking down the formality of the meal which i think is so cool Mm -hmm. um you said yeah making making these like fancy golfers sit down on newspaper and crack some crab and, and get some juices on their shirt and stuff like that. I think that's a that would yeah. be a great championship yeah, yeah. meal. I am so excited to ask you this question and I'll tell you why. I saw a video that you made, Jacques, where you 
were speaking, narrating to a younger version of yourself about the things that you would, that, that, that the younger version of yourself didn't know that you would be capable of doing. And that video touched me a lot because on this show, we talk a lot about the time travel, about healing a younger version of ourselves and especially doing so on the golf course. So the prompt is this, if you were to play a, a round of golf with a younger version of yourself, what do you think the conversation would look like during that round? Wow. That I go back and forth with like with this scenario, because on one hand, I almost don't want to tell them anything because I want them to be able to experience everything because that's how I am able to be who I am. There's almost a, a part of me that just would be like to talk about anything but us, like not even use us as the as a part of the conversation. Talk about other things that are going on. I, I wouldn't want to change who I am. You know what I mean? I, I've been able to be who I am and be able to get to the point that I am because I am a sum of my experiences. And if I influence those experiences, it may have forced me to make another decision and change the entire course of the way things go. So, you know, like, for instance, I, I'm doing what I do now because I got fired at, at, from one of my old jobs. So it's, it's like, do I tell that per if I tell that person not to get fired, to just <laughs> say yes, like, where does that end up putting me? Mm -hmm. Or, or if I tell that person, eventually you're going to be doing all these things on YouTube and you're going to have, you know, the best life you've had. How does that influence me when I'm working as a technical writer at a bank and my boss comes in and gives me a hard time? Do I just be like, you know what? I'm going to be a YouTuber in 20 years. <laughs> so I don't really need to, I don't really need to deal with you right now. And I'm leaving. You know what I mean? So it's like, how do you, I, I almost don't want to tell them anything because I don't want to influence them to make a different decision than the ones that they've made. Have I made bad decisions? Yes. But I've also learned from those bad decisions and they've, they've enabled me to, you know, to build the character that I have today. So I, I think I would try and talk about anything but us. Um, maybe see what, what he's, what he's really into as a, as a, as a form of nostalgia for me to see what the things that I've forgotten maybe. And maybe that's mm -hmm. what the conversation would be to find out more of what I was into and what I was listening to and the things that I loved back then to see what, yeah, I think I would make it more about me than I would make it about them to see what I've forgotten or what things I've given up on. Um, as I've gotten older, oh, that's um, so fun. To, to maybe use that as a way to 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 bring me back to moments uh, or some of the dreams or some of the hopes or some of the goals that I no longer have or that I've given up or that I've forgotten about, and make it about me as opposed to making it about giving them any insight to what to what their life should be. Mm, that is I so beautifully that. articulated, especially the part about uh, things you forgot that you were into. Like that's mm -hmm. fun. That's a fun little nugget to chew on. Like the music or, or television yeah. shows or like clothes or like girls yeah. or guys or, you know, what, what, just whatever yeah. it was. Any of the, yeah, I think all of those things just, cause I think we've, we've forgotten. So, you know, we move on in life and mm -hmm. we let things go. And, you know, I think that, that hearing that fresh perspective of the energy that I may have had about something, yeah. Um, you know, depending on when it was, it was like maybe it was a song that I was writing that was inspired by a certain experience or, uh, you know, maybe it was going out with a bunch of friends one night and something happened there that I've, I've totally forgotten about. So, uh, yeah, I would almost use it as a time machine for myself um, to, to bring to bring me back to those moments as opposed to saying anything that would influence the way that um that that younger version of myself moved from from then on can you uh, remember a time on the golf course that made you laugh like very very hard the hardest time you've ever laughed on the golf course i don't know why this was so funny this happened like three weeks ago um playing 
playing just just a regular round with me and me and one of my buddies, and um, we were playing with a with two guys that we didn't know, and um, he got out of the cart to chip on, and I drove the cart around to the green. I grabbed my putter and my chip and my and my and my, and my fifty six and went up and started you know started to shooting my shot, and Tony comes up onto the green and he's just standing there looking at me, and he goes. Oh yeah, thanks for bringing my putter too. Appreciate it. And like all four of us just like broke out laughing because I forgot to bring his putter. And we all just like broke out laughing. I didn't. And I don't know why it was so funny, but we we laughed for probably like five minutes. Um, I don't know if it was his tone, the way that he said it, or what it was, but it was it was just a really it was just like a really funny moment that that like it stuck with me. And I was like, oh my bad. I just I just like it just didn't click to me to grab his putter out of the bag. And he was like, "Oh, thanks for bringing my putter." And just and we just all just broke out laughing on the green, and then we laughed like we were like driving to the next hole, just like like you know, just rethinking about it and laughing again. It was just one of those like one of those rare moments. Yeah, yeah, the, the right delivery from the right person saying that thing yeah. is is so good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it was good. It was good. And I mean, now like just it was a, it was a complete burn. But it was just so funny because everybody got it like yep. instantly. Everybody <laughs> got exactly what was happening. I have just one more question. Um, I've been thinking about it ever since the day I met you at Wilshire Country Club. Um, I don't know whether you are twenty-five or forty-five because your skin is perfect. <laughs> 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 so I need you. Here on this day to let the people know what your skincare routine is. <laughs> and if you say if you say it's Saint Ives uh, exfoliant scrub, soap, I'm hanging up the call right now. <laughs> oh my god, that's hysterical! Are you trying to get Jack into a new am, YouTube category? Skincare, yo, bro, skinfluencer. I'm literally skinfluencer. I'm on the uh, I'm on the Pharrell plan. I don't do I don't do anything to my skin. I don't that's put. The, that's the secret. Don't do that's anything. The secret. I literally don't. I don't put anything on my face. Like I, I wash my face with uh, just a hot water and a towel. That's it. <laughs> I don't. I don't put soap on my face. I don't put any exfoliant. I don't do scrubs or any of those things. I, I literally just a hot towel in the morning and before I go to bed, I just wipe, just wash my face, and that's it. Like it's, it's all I got. Very, very lucky. It's all in the jeans. That is insane. Um, when I shave, when I shave, I do the hot towel to clean off the shaving cream. I do another hot towel just to kind of open the pores. And then I do a, a cold towel because I heard that like four years ago, four or five years ago, that it closes the pores. So I'll do hot, hot. And then I'll do like a, a cold towel and put that on and wipe my face. And that's it. That's, that's it. I, I got very lucky in the gene pool. I got very lucky in the gene pool. But I wow. don't know. So then our, our final segment is called our BetterHelp Moment of Clarity. So this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, which is an online therapy platform that the three of us use every week. Wow. Shout out to BetterHelp. Uh, and I feel like this podcast is about to get really deep. So let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we, we got a we we good one today. Today's card is uh, the word is simplicity. When I think of the word simplicity, uh, especially right now in my life, it's Finding a way not to over finding trying to fi- trying to find a way not to overcomplicate things. I think because I've done what I do for so long, I always feel like I have to provide um, or perform at a certain level, as opposed to just being my raw just being my raw self. Mm. Um, and so mm. I think um, simplicity tells me that that you know what you don't have to use that expensive camera. You can just use your phone and create this, and it'll mm. be okay. Like mm-hmm. you don't, you, you'll be all right. Well, Jacques, thank you so much for this time. Man, thank you guys for having me. This was awesome. Is there like a, a, a GGT like t-shirt that I get or like a hat or something I get being on here so I can, it's like on, a, I can it's stunt, a stunt yeah. a little bit or something? Like how do I get the stunt that I was on, that I was on the podcast? Like how do, <laughs> how do, I, how do I make sure everybody else knows? More, more on that later. When, well, when we have, when we have them, you'll have one. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Okay. More of that later. Okay. Okay. All right. But for now, 
you know, when we cut up our, our social clips, you know, we'll share them with you and, you know, tell your friend to tell a friend. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But when the time Absolutely. comes, you will know. Bet that. Yeah, you will know. I feel like that that should be a, a guest. There should be a guest exclusive hat or t shirt mm. or, or something. I survived because I got I got a, Yeah, there, I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying, gotta gotta stunt some way. Gotta stunt some way. I think we should run it again soon. I miss your face. Easy. All um, oh. twenty five to forty five years of you. <laughs> <laughs> so free, still- oil free. <laughs> I still have no idea how old you are. I'm not going to ask. I don't. I don't think I ever want to know. I'm not going to Google it. Like, it, this is just. It is what it is. <laughs> I'm not going to Google it. <laughs> That's so funny. Thank you so much, my friend. I've become more and more of an advocate of GGT. So thank you guys. I appreciate it. Much love.